So if you understand what those things are, then all of a sudden disease becomes optional. You can truly decide, you know, diabetes, cardiovascular, all this stuff. It becomes your choice to have it or not have it. And that to me is so clear because I've done it myself. I've reversed the six or seven conditions I've had. And it's been, you know, almost five years now and they have not come back. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a brilliant and fascinating guest to share with you today. His name is Kashif Khan, and he is the chief executive officer and founder of the DNA Company, where personalized medicine is being pioneered through unique insights into the human genome. This is really, really cool stuff, and I can't wait to share this with you. They've done the largest study of its kind globally, and the DNA Company has developed a functional approach to genomic interpretation, overlaying environment, nutrition, and lifestyle on the genetic blueprint to create personalized and deterministic health outcomes. The DNA company has been featured in such media outlets as Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, and ABC News, among others. And Kashif has made it his mission to build the DNA company into a business that has an impact whose success is measured not in dollars earned, but in lives improved. Definitely resonates with the mission of this show. Kashif, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you here. No, it's great to see you again, Dr. Richard. A pleasure to be here. Oh, I, I'm so excited about this. Offline, you know, we've talked a number of times and I totally geek out to stuff like this because I think this is the future of medicine. So before we get into all the really cool things that your company is doing, I want to hop in the time machine and let's find out your superhero origin story. <laughs> Tell us about your journey and what ultimately put you on the path you're on today. So, you know, it's interesting because I, I don't come from the space, came from a very different industry. And like most sort of functional medicine stories where you find people that end up looking at root cause medicine, it usually starts with their own health. And usually it starts with self-discovery and being failed by whatever system. And that's what happened to me. So I had um, you know, eczema, psoriasis, migraines, uh, acid reflux, uh, depression, um, there, and there was more, you know, these are just the things that I can remember. And each one of them was being treated as a separate problem with a separate doctor and a separate cream or a separate pill. Right. And after they kept stacking and stacking, I realized I wasn't getting rid of anything. I was just, you know, adding another problem with another solution. And my pill box just got bigger and bigger. And why, and I wondered why is it all happening now? So I'm 42 now. I was 35 at the time. And I was sick for a couple of years. Uh, and that's when I stumbled across a friend who sort of dive, dove a little deeper with me in, into my genetics, uh, who was studying it himself uh, as a practitioner. He's a doctor himself. Uh, and that's when I learned that 
all these symptoms and all these things I, I, were, I was feeling were all connected to a central hub. There was like a system failure that was happening. And it was in that, that discovery that I realized I could make them all go away. You know, I didn't need to brand or consider myself to have these various things. And that started to happen. And I haven't been sick since then. I don't even get a common cold anymore because I'm so healthy. You know, um, so in learning that, I literally walked away from my business, which at the time I was in the PR marketing world, I used to help companies grow. I gave the company to the staff and said, thank you. You built it, you keep it. I found what I have to work on and that's what I did. And we, we built a DNA company. You know, it's always fun when people come on the show and they basically compress, you know, major transitions in their lives or these companies, they both like, oh yeah, giving it to the people, <laughs> let me build a DNA company. But I, I want to go back, yeah, even, even further, you know, how did your, your early upbringing influence what you're doing? You know, what was that like for you too? Because I think that's so fascinating for people to learn and important to really understand, you know, your, your why as well. Yeah. So I grew up, you know, just witnessing illness. You know, my dad was sick. He was older. Um, so he was sick as, as far as I can remember. There was a lot of, you know, there was addiction around me in terms of my uncles and cousins. I had a cousin that passed away when we were in our teens. Uh, it was suicidal again. It was all a mental health thing. And there's more, like I can go on. So I, I experienced so much of it that it was so normal. And when I left that space, I, I moved from Vancouver to Toronto and didn't know anybody. And started working with business people like entrepreneurial peers and saw that this wasn't normal you don't have to be sick all the time which is what i saw around me all the time and i started to discover and which is why i had the friend uh bryce who you know ran a clinic because i started to dive into that world uh not for myself you know i didn't do it for myself or help myself but i just was learning 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 so it's yeah it started from sort of being born and raised in this you know an immigrant immigrant family quite poor, struggling, and everybody was sick, right? Because nobody understood you didn't have to be. And I love that. I love that context because it's been a, an ever-present theme in terms of who you are and your mission and what you're doing. So what I want to do now is, you know, we've kind of, in, we're, we're enticed, like we're dialed in. This is, this is really cool <laughs> stuff. But I also want to take a step back, kind of a higher level explanation, if you will, so ELI five, uh, I learned that on Reddit. That's that's a thing. So let's let's talk about DNA and how it impacts people. For let's let's do a very high level overview sure. because everybody knows we're genetically predisposed for certain things. But you know, a lot of times we may go to the gym and we're killing ourselves, but we don't lose weight, or you know, we think we're eating right, but you know, then we have a heart attack, right? And then we hear about stuff like that happening. So let's, let's do DNA 101. And then, you know, we'll dive down from there. So that's actually what intrigued me was, as an entrepreneur, why did I actually not only help myself, but shift gears towards building this company? Because even genetics was broken when I discovered it. And what I mean by that is the genetics 101 is genes are only available for us to identify genetic conditions, meaning you're born with a gene variant that directly equals and causes a problem. So it's things like sickle cell syndrome, you have it, right? And then you have to work on developing a genetic therapeutic that tries to turn that switch on or off and it goes away. Meanwhile, 
you know, 90% of our healthcare budget, our $4 trillion healthcare budget, 90% of that is spent on chronic disease. You're not born with diabetes or cholesterol problems or breast cancer. All this stuff happens later in life. And it happens because you have to make those wrong choices or mismatch to your genetics for that many years or decades even to cause that inflammatory load to get that sick. And this gap didn't exist in genetic science. So well, what I've found was that, again, genetics 101, you can have a gene. A gene is an instruction. It tells your cells what to do. There's 57 trillion cells in your body. All of them are being instructed by your genes. It's literally a human instruction manual, right? It's your blueprint. Some of those instructions are wrong. There's spelling errors in them. So because of the spelling error, the, the instruction is slightly off. Could be to the, your benefit or to your detriment. Could go either way. So that function you're doing slightly different. Well, there's more than just spelling mistakes. There's entire paragraphs could be missing in the code, or you don't even have the gene. Forget about what variant. We literally didn't get it. So then that leads to a suboptimal profile. But the gap was that the, at that time, when I discovered this, you would get outcomes like, hey, you got an 80% chance of Alzheimer's because of this gene variant that puts you into a profile. All that does is give you anxiety for the next 30 years. Because you don't really know, like, what does that tell me other than maybe you're getting Alzheimer's? You're just, it's higher risk. We're putting you in a bucket. Well, aren't you also telling me that 20% aren't going to get it with the same genetic profile? So you're taking the most personalized thing I have and depersonalizing it. You're taking my human instruction manual, my blueprint, and telling me maybe instead of actually telling me. So that's the gap. And what is the gap that we worked on? So... What we learned was geneticists study genes. They study the science. They don't study people. They don't study conditions. They don't study health. They study illness. So our question was, okay, this gene variant points to 80% chance of Alzheimer's. Why did 20% not get it? Let's study those people. Let's study health. Let's understand what their habits were. And that's what we landed on, that your genes will point to uh, propensity, like you said, predisposition, predisposition, right? The difference between yes or no are your environment, nutrition, and lifestyle habits. What load are you putting those on those genetics? So you could have a beautiful Ferrari, right? Parked in your garage, amazing car, but if you take it off-roading, it's going to fall apart. You could have a Jeep in your garage, which off-roading is no problem, but try and race a Ferrari, it doesn't work. That's what environment, nutrition, lifestyle is, is you're wired for this. You're not born sick. You were born healthy for the most part. You should stay healthy and die healthy unless you do things that are mismatched to what you were designed to do. Environment, nutrition, lifestyle. And we're not the same. We're different. That was the big thing, the light bulb that went off that, wow, we can take genetics from you're born with sickle cell to let's prevent diabetes. Let's reverse Alzheimer's. Let's reverse cholesterolemia. And we started to do that. So that's taking it from genetics 101 to what we call functional genomics. How do you actually apply this to the big problems? I love this. One of the things that was always fascinating to me were twin studies. You know, when we were in graduate school and they would, plenty of studies that if you took two identical twins and they were genetically predisposed for a psychotic disorder, you know, schizophrenia, and you put one of those twins in a nurturing environment where they had access to good quality food, a low stress environment, loving family, and you put the other one into, uh, using your words, a suboptimal environment where there was constant stressors, the quality of food was poor, 
yeah, the child A, who's in the nurturing environment, might not ever develop any of the features of schizophrenia, where right. by the time the kid is child B, by the time he's 19, is going to have full-blown psychotic episodes and eat, and then you know they start the regiment of the antipsychotic medication and and that kid has a label and a much more challenging road than the one who's in the other place. So I love I just this is like you know research that I've seen that is like like flying off the page and you know being applied not just to a few people in a lab but potentially everybody everywhere. And I think that is remarkable what you're doing and that that's where in the research side um you know that thinking of like what you just described with the twins that's what demotivated researchers and said well genetics doesn't really play a part in this stuff right because we had two twins with the same genetics but one got it one didn't and it's they failed to recognize that you had to understand the environmental exposure that led to the issue but somebody else with different genetics with the same environmental exposure may not ended up with the same problem. So there's two parts to the equation is here's how you're wired. Here's what you're designed for. And here's what you're doing with it. That's when you can take this probability based. You got an 80% chance of something to a very certain this plus this equals this. And that's what we've been working on. So let's, let's talk about that because I'm sure people are listening to this saying, well, I want to know how I can be in that 20% with right. respect to certain conditions. So is it as simple as breathe clean air, eat clean food and get good sleep? Like what, what you know, let's, what are the nuts and bolts of this? So the, I mean, the, the basic things we already know, you know, the things that we should be working on, uh, there's some things that are counterintuitive that you wouldn't even think. For example, there's some people that we have to tell them that they should never do cardiovascular exercise. It will actually give them heart disease, which no clinician would ever say. That's again, going against the grain of what's that one size fits all, right? Um, there's some people for whom we tell them you would be an excellent vegan. And where some, some people would say that being a vegan is the one thing that will make you sick, like right away. So understanding the biochemical processes, right? When you become a vegan, what is what enzymes are required to break down those foods? What is genetically do you actually do that or not? Th those types of questions. Then you can start to map out. Here is what how you should eat, and I can give you a simple of example. So if I go back to the cardiovascular example, because I will paint a picture of, you know, why it's not one size fits all, um, and how different genetics can lead to different outcomes. So. There's something called oxidative stress, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are list, uh, familiar with, which means that, so all of the cells in your body take in nutrition and oxygen to create energy, right? They're, they're constantly striving to create energy to keep you alive. And they're trying to stay healthy and they're trying to get not inflamed because that inflammation is a root cause of disease. So there's a gene called SOD2, SOD2, which is responsible to support the mitochondria by clearing oxidation. Because that reaction of creating energy happens in the mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of the cell. So it's literally a little power plant in the cell that's creating the energy. In the process of taking oxygen to create energy, you also produce oxidants, which are toxic. So the same oxygen which gives you life is slowly aging you and killing you, right, as you use it. If you are the person that has the poor SOD2 that doesn't do this job very well, which is very easy to determine, then all of a sudden you're a marathon runner who is putting yourselves under a high load of oxidation because you're getting into high cardiovascular activity beyond normal human capacity on a regular basis. Well, this 
thing that you can do well, which is clearing oxidative stress from the cell, you're just creating an additional load that you can't handle, right? So it's kind of like if you, you could have a fireplace that's functioning just fine. And then what if you have one where the chimney's blocked? The fireplace is running, but all the soot is just piling up and piling up and piling up. And that's what it looks like when you don't clear oxidation for the cell. So for that person who's very easy to identify, we would tell them, do not do cardiovascular activity, especially you can compound that and say, okay, of the oxidation that you do clear, well, now it gets into the bloodstream. And we have to look at another set of genetics to determine how well you detoxify sort of the toxic insults in your bloodstream. And that's very easy to genetically determine. So if you have the combo of poor SOD2, poor glutathionization, the ability to bind and send toxins to the liver to metabolize, then we would even more so say, you should never do cardiovascular exercise. Focus, go ahead and sweat, do your weight training, but just don't breathe heavy, right? That could be the source of, and, and now why, the last thing I'll say, why heart disease? Because heart disease is rooted in inflammation. And we can genetically determine in the arteries, what quality of hardware do you have? There's some people that have stainless steel, can handle anything. You see grandma smoking till she's 95 and you wonder why she has no issue, right? And then there's some people that get a heart attack when they're, you see these Olympic sprinters and these soccer players that drop dead at 35 with a massive heart attack. They are the profile that I'm talking about where they can look fit, they can look healthy. There's no warning sign for, you can't feel inflammation, right? In certain areas. So if you have that combo, bad oxidative uh, stress relief, bad detox and bad hardware in the arteries, well, that's where you're going to get the inflammation caused by that toxic stress. And then your body is going to try and reduce the inflammation with cholesterol. Then you're going to get a blockage. And if you're doing this, you know, at a high level, it may happen earlier in life. And then boom, you get hit with a cardiovac event and you'd have no clue where it came from. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. So I'm thinking about the poor vegan marathon runner listening to this, not questioning <laughs> <laughs> if, if what they're doing makes sense. But no, it, it, it's, it's interesting because you're talking about essentially these variables compounding over time. Yeah. And what I, what I love as I'm listening to you is that all of your analogies are very easy to understand the fireplace with the soot. Uh, and, and so essentially it's, it's identifying these things, but, but you know, knowing is great. Like, right. We can, we can do things and we can say, Oh, okay. So, you know, oh, I, I, I don't have stainless steel. I think was the analogy you used, you know, hardware in my cardiovascular system, but how do you go about reversing the damage for somebody who's finding this out 35 40 whatever it is and say my god i've been i have been doing all of the wrong things eating all of the wrong things how do you fix it 
Especially yeah, if those paragraphs, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you had mentioned earlier there could be misspellings or paragraphs that are missing entirely in your blueprint. How do you deal with that? Yeah, exactly. That's the key thing because none of this means anything if you can't do anything about it. Right. That's why you hear people say, I don't, I don't want to know my DNA. I don't want to know if I'm getting Alzheimer's because it's like, oh, I, I just, I prefer to live happily. Right. But what we're saying is that's step one. Step one is identifying risk. Here's what your risks are. Step two is now knowing because you identify the risks, not at a, you know, a, a mathematical level that you got an 80% chance of something, but at, at a biochemistry level, here's what you're not doing well. Now you know what to do about it, right? If you're in that disease state, if you have a, I'll give you an example. We had, we had a 38 year old, uh, and I'm using the same example just to put color to this context, right? 38 year old pharmacist, uh, who had a crazy cholesterol issue that was on Lipitor and it just wouldn't go away. It kept get, even though he was taking Lipitor, it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So when we looked at his genetics, we found the exact profile that I just spoke of, you know, bad oxidation, bad detox, bad endothelial, that inner lining of the blood vessel, which is where the blood actually flows and touches. That's what the hardware we actually looked at. He had the bad quality inner lining, so it's more prone to inflammation. So now, and the other thing he also had, which I didn't mention, is a poor methylation. So your, your body's actual anti now that the, we know the inflammation is happening because of what I spoke of, your body should deal with the inflammation through what's called methylation. He also didn't do that well. So he had a four tier, you know, bad combo. Uh, so then we looked at, okay, you could have all of this, but if you live on a beach somewhere and have no stress and sleep well and, you know, eat fish out of the sea, you're not getting sick. You weren't born sick, right? It usually happens in and around the age of 50, 55. Then by 60, you have like two chronic conditions. Then you spend the last 15 years of your life in treatment. That's kind of the American dream, right? So this, what, why we, so why did it happen to him at 38? What triggered it? Well, he was golfing four days a week. What happens when you golf? You're breathing in pesticides and chemicals for four hours at a time. That, that especially in Canada and Toronto where he lived that has a long winter. So, you know, there, there's even more work required to keep that golf course so beautiful. So for four days a week, four hours at a time, he was exposing himself to all these toxic chemicals that he couldn't clear. He didn't have the ability to get rid of. So they're fleet flowing in his blood, causing that inflammation and damage, which leads to the cholesterol being deployed. The other three days, he added on tennis because he thought that exercise should help reduce his cholesterol issue which exaggerated it because that cardiovascular output was the root cause of his problem, right? So he had a sort of double whammy, four days of toxins, three days of high oxidative stress, and he couldn't understand why the numbers kept going up and up and up, even though he was taking Lipitor. So with him, the intervention uh, was interesting. It's not about take this pill, right? It's about how do we get you off a pill? So the intervention was a few fold. It was habit change. So we had to teach him how to exercise differently. He wanted to stay fit. We said, you have to focus on resistance and weight training, go ahead and hit the gym hard. And his hormones also spoke to this. So it's no coincidence that this is what his ancestors did, right? His hormones looked like he was designed to be doing that, pushing heavy things. Um, so we, we moved him to that. We also gave him some supplementation to help him with those things that he didn't do well, you know, clearing oxidation at the mitochondria, uh, glutathionization and getting rid of toxins from the bloodstream, reducing inflammation. Um, we then also worked on his diet to some degree because we, we looked at his ability to metabolize fats and it wasn't the best. 
So we adjusted his diet a little bit. And it took, I think it was five or six months, but he got off the pill. He, he doesn't have a disease anymore. Right? Because he never did. That disease of cholesterolemia was his body trying to use cholesterol to reduce all the inflammation he was causing. So the disease was actually, he had no ability to detoxify all those toxic insults he was dealing with. That was the true root cause. So we dealt with that. And coming back to my example, of I was saying that central hub that points to all these spokes of problems, right? The problems are your body screaming to you saying, dig deeper, look, why is this happening? Right? You waited too long. But of course, if you don't have that instruction manual, it's nobody's fault that you were making the wrong choices. You're doing what everybody else does. You didn't understand that it needed to be personalized. And that's all that happened to him. I love the example. You know, he didn't have a disease. The disease was a response to inflammation in his body because he had that perfect yeah. storm with those four things going wrong. Is that, and I know everybody's wired differently. Somebody who's been dealing with this issue for 60 years is probably going to have a longer course to get back to baseline than somebody who's 25 and says, oh, I've, disco I've discovered this now. But I did want to ask you something different because I, I've been seeing a lot in the media about CRISPR and people editing their genes. Yeah. So talk to us about that, um, how that plays into this. You know, I've, I, and I've seen horror stories, right? I've heard of people, you know, playing around with this who have no business playing around yeah. with it. And then, and then they're really in trouble. But, uh, you know, talk to us about, you know, what the future uh, of all this looks like. And I wanna add this piece, what you're talking about is so radically different than how the entire healthcare system is constructed. We treat symptoms, we don't mm -hmm. address root causes. And you're talking about the identification of root causes in instilling things or installing things that prevent the disease from manifesting in the first place. So I wanna talk about that. And I also wanna talk about you know, gene manipulation. Sure. Well, I mean, when you talk about the healthcare system, the key word there is system, meaning that we have one way of doing things because we do, we do such a good job of acute care, meaning that break your arm, get some terminal disease, you need to run to the hospital and get fixed. We do better than that than we've ever done. The problem is that same toolkit is applied to chronic disease. The same training, the same thinking is, okay, come, go do whatever you want. Eat what you want, do what you want to your body. And when you're broken, I'll fix you. That's the medical system, as opposed to understand how to not get sick, right? Or understand why you got sick. The question of why is rarely asked and is often, you know, it's responded to as, well, we don't know. You know, that's not what we do here, right? So uh, so it's not, um, it's, it's a system fault, failure. It's, we use the same toolkit applied to chronic disease, but chronic disease is not like acute stuff, which you really do have to resolve the pain point you know, you break your arm, you got to put a cast on it. You got to fix it. You're not going to figure out your calcium levels, et cetera, at that time, right? <laughs> right? So, but you know, all these chronic diseases is no, you got to figure out why, because that's, that's, you've just waited too long. That's what the chronic disease is. And this is why things like CRISPR uh, also still aren't looking at genetics from the, in the chronic disease world. Uh, CRISPR is going to do a brilliant job of getting rid of genetic conditions. It's going to be a huge win for humanity because we're going to have all these things like, for example, you know, Down syndrome, sickle cell, which I talked about, uh, some rare forms of autism where you have it, right? It's in your genetic code. It's, it's part of the instruction manual. You have it. And until someone can turn that switch off, you will continue to have it. That's what CRISPR can do. It can literally take your DNA, 
splice a section that you don't want and either replace it or just reconnect without that portion. And now all of a sudden your code has changed, right? The challenge right now is how do you take that and get it to manifest with the entire body? So you've, you've watched these, uh, you know, sci-fi movies of somebody takes a shot and they turn into a giant werewolf and their bones start cracking and popping. And how do you get that to happen, right? How do you get the whole body to adopt this cellular change you just put into this? So the interesting thing is that it is working regionally. So the FDA just approved, not just, but later, uh, earlier last year, uh, a CRISPR treatment for an eye condition, for a vision condition which means that they've been able to now make it work localized. And this is now being used on humans. What isn't understood yet is again, something like what we just talked about with cardiovascular disease. If I'm telling somebody that they have a bad endothelial, you can't just fix it here. The entire endothelial head to toe has to be fixed. So how do you get the body to adopt? That's kind of the next step. When that happens, that's when I'm gonna be jumping in and saying that chronic disease is obsolete. I, we're going to use that. We're waiting for that. It's going to be an exciting day when that comes. And yeah. in, the, in the meantime, you guys are pioneering a way that people can take control of their health. And, and, and I love that. I absolutely love it. Uh, Kashif, this has been such a cool, informative interview. And we are at time. But as you know, I ask all of my guests a single question, and that is, what is your biggest helping them? one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? I think people need to understand that chronic disease is a choice. It's not taken for granted. It's not, oh, my, my family has heart disease, my family has breast cancer, and then you wait to see. The, the understanding of why disease happens is completely off. Your, what your family had was risk. And then they had wrong environment, nutrition, and lifestyle loads that caused the risk to manifest. So if you understand what those things are, then all of a sudden disease becomes optional. You can truly decide, you know, diabetes, cardiovascular, all this stuff. It becomes your choice to have it or not have it. And that to me is so clear because I've done it myself. I've reversed the six or seven conditions I've had. And it's been, you know, almost five years now and they have not come back. Amazing. So you've gone through this journey. It's worked for you. You built an incredible business around it. And now you're helping people all over the world. Kashif, tell us how people can jump in on that themselves. Tell us where people can find out about this online. Sure. It's the dnacompany.com. So the dnacompany.com. Uh, and the, the, the test is called the 360. Um, so it's the 360 report. Uh, we have other programs you'll see as you get there. There's some people that say, hey, I just want my DNA test and I want to learn. There's some people that say, no, I need to lose 10 pounds or my mother had breast cancer and I want to avoid it. And so we have coaching programs that people can get into to actually help them implement those the findings. Uh, and then we have this deep dive executive program, which is a higher uh, you know, sticker price, which we've done with like professional athletes, Hollywood celebrities, et cetera, Fortune 500 CEOs that are saying, rip my genetic code apart and build me back together again. You know, I, I don't have a particular problem. I just don't want any problems. Right. So those are also available. But I would say just start with getting your getting your code, you know, get the test done, understand who you are, how you're wired. There's so much information in there. And the last thing I'll say is what we actually provide is six systems that we think after researching 7,000 people, these are the six things that everybody needs to know. It's cardiovascular, you know, diabetes, hypertension, cholesterol. 
mood and behavior, everything about the brain. If I had your DNA report in my hand, I don't ever need to meet you to understand your personality. Are you a procrastinator? Are you reward seeking? You know, are you wired to be a doctor or an accountant? It's all genetically driven. Uh, diet, nutrition. So what is your body meant to eat? Uh, hormones and fitness so body type. There's so many people struggling with plateaus of I can't lose weight. I can't put on muscle. We understand why those things happen. Skin, hair, et cetera, how your hormones drive your body. Uh, cellular health. So inflama inflammation, detox, that core cellular health, which is a root cause of disease. And then the last one is sleep. You know, there's some people that can't fall asleep. Some people can't stay asleep. Some people wake up feeling like crap. All that stuff is genetically driven. So these six things, which are in the report, uh, sort of will allow you to become that optimized version of yourself. So one thing we wanted to ensure that for your listeners, um, we offered them, you know, a discount. Well, first of all, thank you for listening. We appreciate your time and we're, you know, we honor that you spent time with us. Um, so rather than going direct to the website and paying the full price, go to the dnacompany.com forward slash TDH. So the dnacompany.com forward slash TDH. And you'll have at checkout, you'll see when you get to checkout, there'll be a discount there for you. So we want to make sure, you know, thank you for listening. So we're going to add that in there for you. Very generous. Very awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. If you're on a treadmill or, or running and, and hopefully you're doing the right exercise for you, uh, we got you covered. We'll have links in the show notes at the dailyhelping.com for everything that Kashif and I have been talking about. Well, Kashif, this has been awesome. And I am so excited about the work you're doing and what's going to come next. Thank you so much for coming on The Daily Helping. Thank you, Dr. Richard. This was awesome. Absolutely, it was. And I also want to thank each and every one of you who took time out of your busy day to listen to our conversation today. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there to say that again. Go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others. 